Welcome back to On the Horizon podcast, hosted by Jesse Sage and Melrose Michaels. First, thank you so much for becoming a premium subscriber and supporting our podcast. This is getting you extra exclusive, unheard, and unseen footage from each interview that we have on the horizon. Lola Davina is the author of the Thriving in Sex Work series. Her latest book is Thriving in Sex Work, Sex Work and Money, a personal finance guide for sex workers. She has spent almost 30 years in and around the sex industry, working as a stripper, dominatrix, porn actress, and escort for over 15 years. So I wanted to talk about um, negotiating value, how you go about doing that, and um you know, obviously, we, we have a short amount of time here. I will say that I do talk quite a bit about negotiating value in my book, um, in my latest book, Sex, Work and Money, because uh, I think it's really important. And, um, you know, the two the two big takeaways I would, you know, just, you know, drop on you today is one is, um, there's a huge amount of work that people are doing on, on, on sex work Twitter, God bless sex work Twitter for as long as it lasts, um, <laughs> where people are um, having conversation about the the hidden the hidden labor in sex work yeah. and why we charge what we charge um, right. I'm using the royal weight but um, why sex workers charge what they charge um, so um, it is excellent to be having that conversation out in public I do worry that um, mostly other sex workers are the ones who are reading it and the um, clientele uh, uh, customers, fans, and all that um, somehow think that um, it, none of the, this conversation really um, applies to them, <laughs> uh, but maybe yeah. some of it some of it sinks in. Um, but so part of what I think is an, is a, a practice that you could you could do when you're thinking about your own business is um, explaining to your customers why you charge what you charge. Now, I wouldn't turn that into a spiel that you like rattle off on the phone or whatever. It might be just something that you put up on your website, you know, mm-hmm. just say, or, or maybe you don't post it at all. Maybe this is just something you only need for yourself. But um, just in terms of educating your clientele, the people that you want to interact with, this is why I charge what I charge. This is what mm-hmm. this money means to me. This is what I have to do in order to earn it. Um, this is the amount of time I, I work not getting paid. Um, yeah. And um, just, just, you know, just signaling that out there, like, like I say, like on a website or, or you know, mm-hmm. something like that, I think helps educate the public and is just kind of a statement of, of purpose or a statement of intent for mm-hmm. you. Right. Um, the second thing I wanted to offer was the idea of working with scripts work, um, like, um, you know, uh, practice being assertive and practicing mm-hmm. having scripts. And I think the, the, the best way to do that, I mean, because I'll certainly know from my own experience, um, mm-hmm. I often don't think of the smartest things to say when I'm flustered. Um, mm-hmm. I know when I was working mm-hmm. as a sex worker, I would often be really hurt or um, yeah. angry or mm-hmm. defeated in the moment. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't... F- know what to say. So um, mm-hmm. I would just say something shitty or, um, <laughs> or if I really needed the money, I would just kind of suck it up and deal. Um, so, yeah. so the, so the, uh, one, one way to, 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 to work with these shitty experiences, the shitty exchanges mm-hmm. that we have, turn them into growth experiences, you know, write them down, mm-hmm. you know, when that, that time when that dude said, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I said, you know, you can write out what I said, 
what you didn't say. Mm-hmm. Next time I would say, this is what I would say in this set of circumstances, right? Yeah. And actually mm-hmm. writing it out and having that script. Um, it doesn't mean in the moment, the next time something shitty comes around, you're going to have the perfect thing to say. You probably won't. But it is this way of just building up this resilience and building up this notion mm-hmm. of like, you know, I didn't think of the right thing to say until a day and a half later. Fuck. Okay. Well, I'm going to write it down now. <laughs> you yeah, know, and really I will remember next time. You know, this is this is how I respond to somebody who says, "Well, you know, because you're, you know, fill in the blank. You know, yeah. you shouldn't be charging that." Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for a little sense, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a double fuck you to the world, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's actually been some that's so interesting that you say that because like I um, have a app on my phone that is um, called Sideline if other sex workers want it, where it just looks like um, people are texting me, but it's to a totally different number. Um, And on there, because it's a business text uh, apparatus, um, there's you can do like preset texts, you know, like text responses, like the first one and like all these scripts that you can just like Mm -hmm. shortcut to do things. And so how do you respond to you available? How do you respond to like, Hey baby, how do you respond to like all this stuff? Um, And I like actually um, another guest we had, Laura Savage runs a class um, and I took her class and in her class, she said um, to like, release to avoid burnout like you release like some of that like energy that you spend being mad about this stuff Mm -hmm. because it's not like worth your time and energy and it's not making you any money (laughs) you know and just give them your like pre-written responses you know if Mm -hmm. like not in in person but like when that stuff comes over email and when that stuff comes over Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually found that like doing that very consciously, like not getting pissed off when people send me because you could spend if you're working in sex work, you could spend all your time mad that people don't write in full sentences, that people won't (laughs) give you enough information that you need to actually do a booking that like you have to like draw information out that like they're playing mind games. Like there's so many annoying things that people do that you could like shortcut spiral all the time (laughs) about it but it doesn't it doesn't help you at all to do that so I've actually found that like kind of detaching from any emotional response the interaction yeah to those things yeah and instead just being like here's the script (laughs) yeah you can do that you can respond to it or not on your phone you can set like iphone scripts like even in like my messaging on content platforms like they're going to ask for what my menu is for and how how much everything costs if i shortcut menu it's going to autofill what it is and i can just send it to them like stuff like that it's so easy to kind of like put a system in place to help you facilitate what your work is and that's super helpful yeah just you don't even have to like Think about it. Think about it. Yeah. I, I, I just want to piggyback on that just really fast and just say yeah. there is a there is a sort of um, elevated plane that you start working at when you really set out to say, I am not going to let this job get under my skin, right? Yeah. I'm not going to let every bullshit encounter right. tire me up. And um, I'm going to figure out, like you say, I'm going to figure out um, – life hacks to get around it. And I'm also going to just really focus on the fact that this is somebody else's bullshit. It does not belong to me. Right. This is doesn't even have anything to do with you. (laughs) Nothing. They're they're treating, I mean, as we know, again, from sex work Twitter, they're treating everybody this way. I mean, all this shitty stuff, you know, goes around and around (laughs) and around. Um, 
But also it's just like, this is somebody else's pain. This is somebody else's need. This is somebody else's insecurity. This is somebody else's feeling right. of scarcity. Um, I don't need to take that on to myself. Right. You know, this is, they're, they're, they're working that shit out on me. Right. The only other thought that I came in with, I guess it was just, it's just a cycle, circle back to something we were talking about a little bit before, which is um, when we put stuff out, because um, I see this a lot on sex work Twitter, where people will put, garbage exchanges up on Twitter, right? Mm. You yeah. know, some shitty, you know, you know, here's here's the sex worker who's trying to be reasonable and trying to, you know, run a business and do something mm-hmm. nice to turn somebody on today, you know, and then you're getting like just yeah. jerkazoid garbage on the <laughs> other side. Uh, I certainly I certainly understand the catharsis of putting that out there and 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 having other fellow sex workers, you know, like, what? You know, and fuck that person and, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's wonderful to get, you know, to get that affirmed yeah. that, you know, like, if you're yeah. looking at this text exchange, this garbage, the reaction should be hoots and jeers, um, you know, and that, you know, we, we should, uh, you know, and not lose sight of that. Yeah. But what I do think could be more constructive or one of the ways that, yes, so, so there's this, the discharging of energy, which is useful. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if, you know, these could also be teachable moments among sex workers to say, well, what, what, what's the script here? What's the, what's the, yeah. what would be the other, you know, this might be a, a person that you want to deal with, you know, block that person. But is there, is, yeah. there, is there also room for like a constructive exchange for right. how mm-hmm. to deal with these, with these conversations or what to do after you've had a really shitty exchange like that? Um, right. I mean, I'm not, this is not a, this is not a profound observation that social media is often used just to, just to generate outrage where I think yeah. that could yeah. also be this um, chance for also to be a, 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 a time for collective knowledge and 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 um brainstorming yeah. on, on better ways to deal with things so anyway, i, mean, I was just going to throw that out that was that. another thought that i had to bring yeah, to this no, that's a very discussion. that's a genius approach because it's a it's a missed opportunity and it never even crossed my mind like from sex work ceo that powers this podcast for on the horizon like we put out educational you know courses and assets and everything for free but to try to get sex workers to you know, hone their craft. But like, that's something even from that account that would be useful. Like, oh, I saw this exchange in my timeline. What is a script we could have used to combat this? Like, that's so smart. And it never Well, yeah, because these things fall in, um, they're like tropes, (laughs) you know, and there's patterns to them. And so like, I don't know, like most women like me who are uh, heavier, like, it's like, I love you. You're the hottest thing that ever existed. I want to do this. I want like to give you this, like, uh, well, no, like this isn't going to work like that. That's not what I'm offering. Or that's like what, oh, well, you're like a fat bitch. Yep. And like, you oh, don't, yeah. like, you know, and you're like, wait, wait, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I was I just think... really hot like 10 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. So I, said, but, I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah. And then people who say no are fat bitches, but people who don't right. are really hot. I don't know. But, um, so the only reason I bring that up is to say that like, we kind of know after doing this job for a while like where certain exchanges are going to go uh, because yeah. they do they follow their own scripts you yeah. know so how could we like collectively uh kind of harness that knowledge that we have mm-hmm. and be like what should we do to make this 
a better space for, for everyone. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just a believer. I'm a firm believer in scripts because you're never going to remember it perfectly in the moment, but it is that thing of just knowing that you have in the back pocket something that you, mm-hmm. that you have your clear intention that you know you want to say. Right. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. if you don't remember it verbatim, after encountering that situation, which is going to be a pattern, it is going to happen, it is going to come up, depending how long you've been in your space, like it is going to come to mind like, oh, I know what to say. Mm-hmm. I know what to say. I've mm-hmm. been here. Yeah. We've done this. <laughs> done this dance. Yeah. No, totally. That's yeah. amazing. The incredible Edible Aquinos founded the Black Sex Worker Collective in 2018 in New York City. She is an international burlesque performer with 15 years of traveling the world entertaining audiences. She has a Master's of Fine Arts from Goodard College. Her current work involves dialogue on racism incorporated with food. She's a misandrist and a self-proclaimed stone-cold bitch. Her pronouns are bitch, whore, sex worker, and king, among others. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not a performer, but I'm a writer. And that's mm-hmm. the same sort of thing in writing is yeah. like people just want to have their stuff published. So a lot of people will do it for like really low rates. Yeah. And it was when I was like escorting and doing like sex work that I was like, wait, no, like it's going to take me two days to write this piece. Right. Like I, why would I do this for like a really low amount of money right. when it's taking away from my other business? Right. And so like having another business that was like, that it was easy to easy. I mean, relatively easy compared to like performing or writing or creative stuff um, to make money in made it, made it easier to like leverage that. Um, right. I wonder writing. what makes like the, the, I guess conversation around like escorting less like room for negotiation versus something else. Cause you'd think that all of those things, those conversations would be similar and like, this is what my rate is. This is what I'm doing. This is what the exchange is. But yeah. I wonder what makes escorting different. I guess, is it, is it the, maybe the expectation that the client is coming in? Like, I know what I'm here for. I know what this rate is. Right. Maybe they're just pre-qualified that way. Yeah. Kind of. I think that's what it is, you know? Okay. Um, but I feel like you're right. It's really, the, well, how I try to approach it now, I really try to approach everything like I'm dealing with an escort client and that oh, makes things mm-hmm. a lot more easier because like, you know, they can go ahead. Like there is competition everywhere. They can go ahead yeah. and they can get everyone and anything else, but they're not going to get me, you know, yeah. they mm-hmm. might, you know, they might get somebody as good as me or somebody kind of like me, but they're not going to get me. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, that's, yeah. You know, what I bring. And so I try to like, look at it like that and just, you know, like I just also feel like if they, if this person doesn't choose me as a, a as their their uh their uh, provider or their their the mm-hmm. artist that is in their show or whatever the, the work is, it wasn't meant for me to have it. You know, I don't yeah. want to like because I've done enough times in escorting, in performing, in a lot of uh, sectors of my life where mm-hmm. I've like uh, accepted a, 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 a lower rate and it's never ever ever paid off. Yeah, never mm-hmm. paid off. So it really for me is not worth it in the end. Like I don't need the the 50 bucks that a lot of burlesque gigs pay mm-hmm. that badly yeah yeah, I yeah. Think too like that that's the other part that when you approach things from a, a business perspective that's hard to talk to younger or newer sex workers about because mm-hmm. they they really want the bag and i feel like you gotta know that every client or every person you're dealing with or everything you're selling sometimes like your rate is what qualifies them to be worth being your client or not or being right. your fan or not or yeah. subscription you know it weeds out the people who are going to constantly ask for things for free or constantly yeah. push your limits 
when I'm talking to sex workers, especially in the digital space, people mm-hmm. that do online sex work or the creators more, so to speak, there's always this, uh, you know, back and forth struggle about what I'm charging and what I'm worth versus what the market thinks I'm worth. So like, mm-hmm. I think that there's, I wonder how you navigate that because like, if I set my price for like content, for example, and I know I'm not selling it, then that tells me the market says I'm not worth this. Right. But then I know the value and the money spent and how much effort went into something. So I know that this is worth this because of what it cost me to produce it. Um, do you have that back and forth ever? Or do you adjust what you feel your value is in a marketplace? Or do you, does one not affect the other? Yeah, I used to actually do that, especially when I was like living in Brooklyn and not living in the best neighborhood. And, you know, people would get upset with me at the rates that I charge. But I'm like, look, this is where I'm. This is where I am. I'm also black. I'm also this. I'm short. I'm, I'm like all of these things. And I have to put that into consideration in mm-hmm. order to be able to make some money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that definitely absolutely makes sense. Now, I'm still short. I'm still black. I still don't live in the best neighborhood. I'm still charging you 500 an hour with a two hour minimum. And yeah. don't pay, if you don't want to pay it, don't pay it. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the hell it's going to be, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if I lower it, I'm going to like, I'll probably lower it with some terms and conditions, but I'm just like, no, but there, you yeah. know, there is mm-hmm. something to, to knowing like what, what the market value is and, yeah, you can you can go ahead and try to charge up and see how it works. And it might work because yeah. they're just like, you know, what makes this what makes you so special for charging that? And just, there's mm-hmm. a lot, I'm sure, that makes us special when we charge more than what everyone else is. But, you know, just like bring that to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's that's I think really important because we I, you know, as a sex worker, like. I know I get asked a lot to go in and give like talks at universities or like participate in people's research studies or like the panels and like um, they like a lot of these, especially if they, if these institutions have any prestige, like seem to think that like the prestige is meaningful to us in a way that like, it's not, if you're outside of the system, like I don't, I don't have a CV that I need like a line on that says right. that I gave a talk at Harvard. Like my, my that's not going to pay me more for my Harvard. <laughs> yeah. Know, no, what do, what do I care? Like, you know, exactly. and so I, I think that like, um, sex workers are really, really important, like in like the organizing work and in all of yeah. the like, um, policy and organizing work that's going on but like um yeah. talking to university i had to do this with harvard they need to like they got to pay me up front i have to all the paperwork got to be done up front i need my money by the time i get there otherwise guess what i'm not talking at your goddamn school like i, I don't yeah. want it that bad yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's it's take months to pay you yeah. 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 I find that a lot with consulting too, because I get asked to consult internally for a lot of like sex work companies. But then when I tell them like, okay, well, my rate is this. And like, well, why is it so expensive? Like, because that's what I would make online somewhere else doing what right. I do. So right. you're going to take that hour from me. This is what it's worth. Yeah. So, right. And I find that usually after that, either they, they come on board or they don't. But as soon as you, I think a big part of his asking, like, yeah, this is what my rate is, or this is what I'm worth, or this mm-hmm. is what you're costing me, what I could make somewhere else and like right. just bringing that to the forefront of people's mind because they don't understand it right or they don't want to understand it or, or it do, yeah or or like I think a lot of it is that there's these like closed systems mm-hmm. and they're like caught up in like oh this is meaningful to me here that you know 
I don't that know. You get to do this. That you get to do yeah. this. Where right. we're like, I don't care about yeah. this. Like, it doesn't <laughs> help me in, in my way. career path. Like, my career <laughs> yeah. path is something totally different on a totally different plane. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's a little weird that they come to sex workers and think that they can like not pay us. It's yeah. like our whole yeah. entire industry is about us getting paid. But again, that's whore phobia. That's yeah. misogyny, yeah. you know, like playing out. It's just like, why should I give this gold digging bitch, this bitch that's using yeah. her sexuality to make any money? Like it's it's like this weird dynamic where they just, I don't know right. why they think of all the people on the earth to come to, they think they yeah. cannot pay hoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it is. It's like a it's stigma though, I yeah. think. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Or okay. like I'm better than those clients. And you're like, no, you're not right. better. You're worse. Yeah. You're trying to pick my brain for nothing. Yeah. yeah. For free. Yeah. <laughs> for free. You're trying to get my energy for free and my clients pay. So you gotta just yeah. treat everybody like a client. And I feel like that makes it easier. Last but not least, Ali Eve Knox is a content creator, fetish performer, artist, and crypto cutie. We were talking to somebody else about this recently for the show that like there's this like hierarchy of needs. Like you start with like, I just got to get myself out of this like debt or I just have to like pay. I just need to pay like my rent or my mortgage for this month to like... I want something better. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to just survive. I want to like actually thrive to like, yeah, I want nice things too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And this, this, um, you know, this world gives you that opportunity to do that. If I worked extra in, you know, retail or in the university or wherever I was working at the time, like I could get a little bit of overtime maybe, but like my efforts weren't going to pay off here. Right, if I right. work every single day and I make a ton of content and, you know, I know that this is going to work. It changes and I have to do things that are different, but I know that my effort is going to equal my income. Yeah, it's interesting um, that you also came, like, we're in grad school before that because I almost feel like the, the attitude toward money in sex work and in, like, academia are, like, diametrically opposed. And that, like... Part of what I had to do um, when I transitioned like out of academia into sex work is kind of get over my own like um, embarrassment about wanting to be paid for things. Like yes. that's almost okay, kind of yes. beat, beaten out of you. Like, oh no, if you were like really scholarly, you would just like want to give away all of your labor or like you don't really like love what you're doing if you want to get paid for it. And that's actually a hard thing to de to deprogram from yourself. What a scam. Oh man. What a scam. And there's, you know, there's a certain like level of shame that you kind of feel when you start to ask for things. And I think that that transitioned for me into fetish work where I could, I I didn't start to ask, like I never asked for things. I will demand something or I will suggest something, but I'm never going to be like, can you buy me this? Or can you get me that? I guess I just didn't want to feel that disappointment. So I started to change my narrative to like, well, I really like this or I like when this happens. And people just kind of, you kind of have to train your audience also. Um, and it yeah, just kind absolutely. of worked. And, and luckily I found the men that that was their kink. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and so it just kind of, I'm very, I'm very lucky and thankful that way. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that, like, you don't ask, you like demand, demand. like, how did you start doing that? And did that feel very different to you? 
Yeah, it it definitely felt different because I've never, like, I've always been self-sufficient. So even when I was married, like, I still had all my own things. I never had joint things. Like, that's never been a problem. So I've never gone and said, would you buy me this thing? Or would you get me this thing? Or I want this thing. So that, personally for me, was fucking weird. And so I didn't want to do that in my fetish work. I wanted it to be more like, you know, I really love Gucci and I love YSL. And if someone would buy me those shoes that I really love... That would make yeah. me very happy as opposed yeah. to saying, can somebody please buy me this? I really want this or taking that bratty route. And it works for some people. It's just for my right. trajectory and my career plan. It wasn't really and it, 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 my character or my personality. It wasn't even that. Um, yeah. So I just got to the point where I was like, if I'm going to provide these services for these men, then they uh-huh. need to compensate me. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And they need to compensate me in the way that I feel that I have been valued. So if I'm yeah. providing these long-term trainings or if I'm, you know, helping them rehaul their finances, the least yeah. they could yeah. do <laughs> is buy me something that I really want. Um, you know, because these are like life-changing things. Yeah. Yeah. What's your feeling about like um gifts versus cash? I mean, gifts are great, but you can't pay the light bill with it, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's nice to have a really cool closet and, you know, you could flip that stuff on eBay or whatever, but it's a whole hassle. Cash is what's going to pay our bills or our mortgages or feed our kids or, you know, whatever. So like, but it's also like, you know, puts you on, puts you on the fed list. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this bonus footage from this episode of on the horizon. And we look forward to having you tune in next time.